0: time. God answers prayers. Let me have what I had there, my stuff real quick here. Can I have the umbrella and the hammer? George, come up here real quick with me, please. Bring the hammer. George, just help me out here today. Can you open up the umbrella? We don't believe in luck. We believe in blessings, so this whole thing is not helping anybody. Put the umbrella on your left hand. All right, put the hammer on your right. There it is. Let's just put you right here. Uh, You see the lighting. Uh, Like this. Look up your George lighting camera. Uh huh. Repeat after me I'm singing in the rain. You actually did that. That was inscriptive, but that actually happened. All right, Mary Poppins, listen carefully right now as, as we do this. This right here, this optic right here. That's it. Rain is coming. It's going to rain. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting moment in America and around the world. We're coming out of a very interesting season. Rain is coming. The rain is inevitable. The, the, the blessings of God are in the showers of blessings. God has the final word. The enemy will not have the final word in any circumstance in your life. The enemy will not have the final word in your family. The enemy will not have the final word in your health. The enemy will not have the final word in your dream. The enemy will not have the final word in your finances. The enemy will not have the final word in your generation. The enemy will not have the final word in this nation. The enemy will not have the final word upon the world. The enemy will not have the final word in humanity. God is not done yet. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He is the author and the consumer of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. So the last word, God will have the last word. Rain is coming. Somebody shout, rain is coming. Rain is coming. Your prayer will be answered. Rain, rain is a demonstration of God's refreshing grace and bounty. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Rain is coming. It's coming. Ezekiel chapter 32. Acts chapter 3. Rain is coming, but... Your prayer will be answered. Yes. But something has to happen before you before this. And that's what I want to show you real quick here today. And I mean really quick. It is from the narrative of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18. Does God answer prayers? Yes. Matter of fact, if you are here because God answered someone else's prayer, raise one hand. You that are streaming around the world right now on our, on our platform, tell me if you're the result of someone else's answered prayer. Here it is, as we begin this year, making first things first, focusing on priorities. The question arises, is there absolutely anything that we can do that will position ourselves, spiritually speaking, where answered prayers will not evade us? The answer is absolutely yes. The Bible offers a simple equation that if we adhere to it, it will guarantee, strong term, that God will respond to our prayers. If you repair your altar... God will answer your prayers. That's what took place with the prophet Elijah. 1 Kings 18.32. The prophet Elijah, he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. He rebuilt the altar before the fire came down. Before God sent down his fire. Before God sent down the rain. What did Elijah do? Repair the altar. On this Sunday... This is the word of the Lord for you and your family. If you rebuild the altar, you will receive the answer to your prayer. Somebody say, rebuild the altar. Look at your neighbor tell him, rebuild the altar. The altar is the raised place for praise, worship, sacrifice, and prayer. The altar can best be described as God's table. In the days of Elijah, the altar was abandoned. Israel's altar, the national altar, was abandoned. It was broken. It was discombobulated. Simply stated, it was out of order. The altar was broken. Elijah is saying, we have a drought. You want God to answer your prayers, but you're out of alignment. You lack order. And because you lack order, God is not responding. But I'm going to stand up in the name of the Lord our God, and I'm going to bring back together. I'm going to repair the altar because the moment the altar is repaired, God will answer from heaven. The, The moment you get the altar of your heart repaired, this is your altar. Somebody touch your heart and say, This is my altar. The moment you get your heart right, the moment, woo, the moment you repair this, then this will change. You're asking God to change this when this is out of order. You're asking God to change your family when this is out of order. You want God to change your circumstances when this is out of order. God says, You get your heart right, everything else will follow. Somebody said, Repair the altar. In the days of Elijah, the altar was abandoned. It was broken out of order. Yet there was a holy remnant led by the prophet, hungry for revival. There was a holy remnant led by this prophet of God who wanted to end the drought. There was a a man who truly believed that God can make all things new. The prophet of God believed that a new season was not only possible, but absolutely necessary. And what did he do? He rebuilt the altar. This is step one. Somebody shout step one. The algorithm for God's favor begins with putting things in order. I'll repeat that. The algorithm for God's favor begins with putting things in order. From Genesis to Revelation, the word of God is clear. God does not bless a mess. Somebody needs to hear that. God does not anoint chaos. The people on the other side of the stage, what did they do? Elijah let them go first. We covered this. What did they do? They, they wobbled. They hobbled. They danced. They screamed. They shouted. They, they, they cut themselves. They engaged in religious mutilation. And God went, I'm not doing anything. God said, I'm not responding to that because the altar is still out of order. The altar still out of order. And why did he got, because God doesn't bless a mess. He does not anoint chaos. In other words, if it's out of order, it is out of his will. Stop asking God to bless your mess. This is for somebody here. Stop asking God to anoint your chaos. And by the way, there are people around your life. There are people in your, we live in a day and age where people bring their mess to our lives and they don't, before it used to be, I need you to love me in spite of my mess. Now they're demanding that you love their mess. Oh, now you need to accept their mess. Now you, oh, now you need to accept your chaos. You have to affirm it and celebrate it. And that, No, in the name of Jesus. No, I love you, but I rebuke your mess. I love you, but I rebuke your chaos. I love you, but I'm not going to embrace your crazy way of thinking. No, I love you, but I rebuke what the devil is doing in your life. Don't bless other people's mess. Oh, wow. I'm just excited that George is standing next to me with an umbrella and a hammer. I preach better when he's next to me like that. Where's the, where's the altar? Your heart is the altar. Let me tell you what God says about your heart, your altar. Where your heart is, there, your treasure will, Matthew six twenty one. Out of the abundance of the heart speaks to what? Matthew 12, 34. When the prophet Samuel was looking for the next king of Israel and David emerged, the statement arose that while man may judge you by appearance, God will judge the what? 1 Samuel sixteen seven. Who will ascend God's holy hill? Those that have clean hands and what? The psalmist stated this so powerfully. When the prophet repaired the altar, what took place? God answered his prayer. Your heart altar is repaired. The moment you fix this, you will see answered prayers. I don't know if you got that. When your heart is out of order, if the altar of your soul, which is your heart, is in disarray with unforgiveness and unbelief and bitterness and jealousy and offense, if you're still offended by what they did to you and you haven't forgiven them yet then you don't need to look any further as it pertains to why you're not seeing God answer your prayer. Get this right. Repair the altar. Somebody say, repair the altar of your heart. Number two, quickly, and there's only three points. Repair the altar in the name of the Lord. 1 Kings eighteen thirty-two. And he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of what? In the name of whom? In the name of whom? I need to repeat this because we have, we have no choice. We just follow the book. Proverbs eighteen ten, The name of the Lord is a strong Power. The righteous run into it, and there they are what? Crazy. That's why Exodus 20, verse 7 tells us, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Matthew 6, 9. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. Acts 4.12, there is no salvation. Salvation can be found in no one else. For there is no other name unto which heaven has given men, by which man will be saved. And Philippians 2, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> Repair the altar of your heart. Repair the altar in the name of the Lord. What does it mean in the name of the Lord? Is it a magic trick? Is that like the secret sauce in Jesus' name, like a magic trick? When you, when the Bible says that, when you by faith through Christ, when you understand the meaning of that name of who it represents, the fullness of God shows up, the finished work of Christ, the fullness of Christ shows up. Ah, we're gonna repair the altar. And I believe we're, we're about to see the altar of the heart, even the altars of our families, our homes, our marriages, our churches, our communities repaired. We're going to do this, but we're going to do it in the name of the Lord. We're not going to do it in the name of a movement, of a social, political, cultural movement. We're not going to do it in the name of an idea, an ideology, or philosophy. We're going to do it in the name of the Lord. But today is Sunday. Huh, we're live, and I mean live as live can be. This is not recorded. This is not recorded. You know it's not recorded because it's not recorded. Yeah. We're live. What, why am I saying this? Because around the world, things are happening. Yeah. And even though there's good news in the horizon, and even good news in the midst of it all, pretty amazing, this, this reality. Uh, we're gonna, We are here to repair the altar in the name of the Lord. What does that mean? We're going to lift up the name of the Lord before a broken world. I just want to remind everyone today, on this Sunday, here's a statement I have to make today. Our God is an awesome God. Now I'm going to have to put this in context. This, in case for historical purposes, someone streams this a year from now, five years, ten years, the Lord tells. This is right now a moment where more people are infected by a variant of a virus than any other time in human history. Today. Today is the peak. Like today, more people around the world are infected by a virus than any other point in human history. Today is the high point. In the midst of all of that, there's so much fear and consternation, even though less people are dying, 11 people around the world, more people are dying from a Starbucks overdose than they are from this variant. And every life is sacred. I get that. But in the midst of it all, instead of shriveling up uh, and, and bowing to fear, I want to tell you, in the name of the Lord, as we repair the altar, that our God is an awesome God. Our God is omnipotent. I said our God is omnipotent. Our God is omnipotent. Our God is omniscient. Our God is omnipresent. Our God is holy. Our God is merciful. Our God is just. Our God is love. Our God reigns. Our God saves. Our God delivers. And I'm gonna say it, our God heals. I said our God heals. Our God heals. Our God blesses. Our God favors. Our God provides. Our God promotes. Our God protects. Our God forgives our failures. Our God forges our future. Our God died for us. Our God resurrected for us. Our God ascended for us. And believe it or not, our God is coming back for us. Somebody shout like you serve that God. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. We're going to land this. How many serve that God? We're repairing the altar in the name of that God. And by the way, Your hand's raised. Raise them up. In this crazy season, somebody may say, Pastor Sam, I get it. You're repairing the altar in your heart and you're repairing the altar in the name of the Lord. and the name of God. But which God? There's so many gods out there. All right, wise guy. You want to ask me about which God? Let me tell you the God that I'm talking about. I want to be clear because there's so much ambiguity now. I'm talking about the God that made something out of nothing. I'm talking about the God that changed Abram to Abraham, Simon to Peter, water into wine, and a bunch of sinners into an army of saints. I'm talking about the God that told Moses to extend the rod. He told Joshua to blow the trumpet, Gideon to break the pitcher. He told Zacchaeus to come down, he told Lazarus to come forth, and to the woman of the well, he said, Go and sin. No, more. I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm talking about the God that became flesh and dwelt amongst men. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about Christ Jesus. Lord, there is no one like you, for you are a great God, and your name is full of power. Jeremiah ten six. If you serve that God, lift up your hands. Stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not. If you're at home, stand with me. If you're driving, don't stand. George, you're awesome for doing this, but this illustration is powerful because we want this. Everyone wants God to answer our prayers. God, please answer my prayer. Please save my family right now. Please pour out your glory. Please pour out your blessings. Please answer the prayers. And then God says, let me give you a hammer you repair the altar. Repair the altar. If you repair the altar, I will send the fire. If you repair the altar, I will send the rain. But your heart has to be right. I can't bless a mess. I can't anoint chaos. What is God telling you? Repair the altar of your heart. Repair the altar in the name of the Lord. And the third point is... Repair the altar by putting things in perfect order. And you say, but how do I do that? It's simple. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first. Seek first what? Seek first what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things will be added unto you. Make the kingdom first. Make God your priority. Every single day, make God your priority. He must be more important in your career. He must be more important than paying your bills. He must be more important than anything else in your life. Make God first, and you will never be last. If you receive all of this, now give God a shout of praise. It's about the kingdom. Somebody say, it's about the kingdom. The kingdom, let me remind you, is where the presence of God is experienced, the power of God is expressed, and the purpose of God executed. The kingdom is where God shows up, his power comes out, and his purpose comes to pass. The kingdom is God's reign through God's people over God's place. I love that gospel coalition definition. God reigns. Yeah, Pastor, what What are you saying? And some of my prayers may not be answered because things are out of alignment. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm actually not saying. That's what the Bible talks about. I just deliver the pizza. Yeah. So I have to get this right? <laughs> yeah. And how do I get it right? <laughs> Lord, I give you my heart. I need heart surgery today. I need open heart surgery today. I get it now. If this is out of order, you're not going to bless a mess. You're not going to anoint my chaos. So, Lord, put things in order. Everything else follows out of this. So, Lord, put whatever is not of you in my heart. Let's make that prayer. Heavenly Father, today, touch my heart. Transform my heart operate my heart, whatever is out of alignment, whatever is not of you, remove it, address it, extract it, do it in the name of Jesus. Today, my altar is in your hands. I am fully committed for my altar to be rebuilt, to be repaired, to be renewed, to be redeemed in the name of Jesus. Repair the altar of my heart. In the name of Jesus, as I advance the kingdom of heaven, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name. Now give God your shout of praise. If you got that word, praise like you got it. Thank you, George. You're awesome.